Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I am your co-host, Till. Still in the void, although the void seems to be growing. It's weird. Is the void growing, or is it just there's fewer people in the void, so there's more extra space? Uh, I think that there's more shit being added to the void. There should be more added to the void. Yeah. Uh, RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. Save uh, you know my voice, my voice is a little sore, but uh, but maybe at another time I will scream. I'll scream when appropriate about various aspects of D and D Fifth Edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RW Podcast. Um, I did think that you were going to say during your intro there, and I will always love <laughs> you. All right, did not, um, did not, did not. I, I, I'm just going to go into it. I, I wanted to take a few minutes at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, our frivolous and silly show to say something about what's happening in America right now. So American listeners, this is for you, but you know, global listeners, I'm sure you're seeing it too. There's a lot of anger and sadness and frustration in this country right now. There are people who aren't as free as me, as us, people who don't live in the same version of America that I do. And it's heartbreaking. Those in the streets protesting, um, demanding equity and justice, I feel are on the side of good, I am not going to equivocate about looting and property damage because I can't possibly understand the deeply embedded emotions and pain that many of these people are feeling. The hurt that's been done to these marginalized groups has boiled over and it's really come into the light finally. So I'm saying here on the show that I support the protests that have taken place over the last week. And if you are someone who supports them, but maybe like me, you haven't donned a mask and held a sign, consider donating to legal funds, charities, or other organizations that can help. And I also condemn the actions of police who have engaged in unjustifiable violence, not only against protesters, but against those people, especially black men who have suffered oppression at the hands of authorities. Um, so look for ways to hold those people accountable if you can. Vote in elections for sheriffs, for judges, and politicians who support police reform. Or see if your city has an independent body concerning police oversight. Um, on this show, I recently brought up a review we received on Apple Podcasts. Someone had gone back and edited their review to say, don't be political. Um, And when I saw it, I really had mixed feelings about it. I asked myself, am I being too political? Is that person being hypersensitive? Are my politics a problem for the show? And you could could tell when I said it, I was frustrated. Um, But I'm going to say again to that person, fucking no. Everything in this country is political. If you have a problem with what I've said today, if you have a problem with holding police accountable, if you have a problem with equality and justice for all, then I didn't really want you as a listener anyways. If you have a problem when I say that Black Lives Matter, then I feel sorry for you. If you are someone who loves Dungeons & Dragons and you see what the official D&D social media channels posted and it makes you angry, well, then I am ashamed that we are in the same community. And I hope for peace for all people, justice for all people, prosperity and good for all people. And to that end, uh, be safe out there, be smart out there, and be kind out there, people. Well said. Well said. Um, I've never been one to be uh, overtly uh, open and out there with my political stances. Um, you know, uh, but anyone that says that somebody shouldn't be treated 
the same way as anyone else because of their skin color, their sexuality, the fucking cut of their jib. I don't really care. I mean, we're all the people. Cut of the jib, sorry. We're, we're all people at the end of the day, and uh, we're all just trying to make it in this crazy fucked up world. Uh, you know, we all face problems and we have to overcome them, but they should be equal problems and we should have equal issues. And I think that I should be able to look at somebody and just say, that's a fucking person at the end of the day, not that is a black person or an Asian person or a Hispanic person. So they have to be treated differently. So, uh, you know, my, uh, my eyes, ears, and mind are open. Uh, I think that we all need to come together and listen more than talk. And that's how we're going to get through this. I think the people that are being oppressed are the ones that should be doing the talking and everyone else should be doing the listening at this point. So I, I totally agree. And I understand this is a silly show and this is a show about a game. And this is a show about, you know, two white guys playing a game. And if that's not for you right now, that's fine. Take a break, come back when, you know, when you're ready, but we're going to carry on because some people want something funny and silly to listen to right now. So, you know, indulge us for a little bit. Um, I know a lot of people haven't put out content this week in terms of like, you know, letting, letting the other issues breathe. Um, but I, I, I appreciate that, but I'm going to put content out there anyways, and you can choose to ignore it or not. So I'm I, I think, go. I think we needed to say this this week and that's why we chose to make this episode to get these words out yeah. and to give, you know, give our side of it. And then we can, you know, still give people a bit of a show. You know, you did share, we are going to talk about something in a minute here. Um, but you did share a great video clip from what was that movie where I'm, I'm a human being? God damn it. Yes. Net- Network. Classic 1976 yeah. film. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. There was a really, really poignant little clip um, from that movie. That was really a great share. Yes. Um, all right. So, you know, if you're out there listening to this, hi, hello, we're still here. It, it actually, you know, has been crazy near me. The police department, you know, not five minutes from my house had protests yesterday. Um, helicopters overhead, the whole deal. Uh, so it's here, but we're, I'm still in my house. I'm still safe and you're safe. I'm assuming. Yep. You all look like you're dressed for work. You didn't go into work. Did you? I, uh, so I always, uh, dress for work, uh, a, to put me in the right mindset for what I'm doing. So I stay focused and also because I get video calls probably 20 times a day. So I don't want to look like I'm just in a, you know, t-shirt and sweatpants, not really putting forth the effort. I just put a hoodie Um, on. And it, and I will say this, my uh, my boss actually just today commented on how, you know, she's fine as, as long as I want to stay home. You know, I'm getting work done. I'm being seemingly extra productive because, nice. you know, I'm working 12 hour days and on weekends whenever an idea comes to me. So you I'm turning everything money too. I'm saving I'm saving a ton of money. Uh, I did the math. I save about one thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month extra. not going into work. Yeah. And in, staying home. Yeah. In addition to whatever you were saving before. That's crazy. So, so yeah. So not going out on dates is saving me a ton of money, not yep. going out for dinner with friends or drinks after work or drinks every weekend. I mean, yeah. <laughs> gas. Gas, honestly, is a very small portion of what I've been saving. It's bigger than it th- you think it is, though. No, it's really it, it, like it's it's only like 20 bucks a week for me. Whereas yeah, I, I still got at lunch each day at work yeah but that's almost a hundred dollars a month gives four and a half weeks every month you know you're talking you're talking a pretty good chunk of change after a couple months like like yeah all right anyways uh you know what you can do with all that money till we can buy a book you can buy a book but only digital because the physical edition is not out yet if for those of you 21st have not heard or have not seen or have not read uh the what's the proper 
the the mythic, mythic odysseys of theros. of theros good good timing there uh just came out on Dean Beyond about a month and a half ahead of its physical release. Just released on the second, right? Uh, yes, yes. Um, I think there are a couple reasons that they did this very quickly. I, uh, I think it's to keep engagement up in times 100%. when people aren't meeting and also to uh, generate revenue in times that people aren't actively 100%. buying physical books. Uh, so I don't mind. It's new stuff for me. Uh, whether or not my... Buddy here and DM Tyler allows me to use any of it is completely a different story. But uh, the hey, one you already have your plus one book, don't you? Uh, I I do I then, do for my for my, for my current character. But so your character uh, dies. Then. Yeah, we can talk about it. Um, so uh, just right off the bat, I haven't gone through and read uh, every single word yet. Um, I went through and you know read as much as I could about character creation and the gods of Theros. Um, and I briefly read the adventures and the stories behind everything. And it seems like this book is very, 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 very heavily focused on gods and heroes relationship with gods. Well, I'm going to say to the audience, I don't own the book yet. Um, Till owns the book. I don't have it yet. So this is going to be a, a he bumps, I said, he spikes kind of conversation yes. for the most part. But that's pretty, um, obviously this is. A Magic the Gathering setting, but it is a Magic the Gathering setting heavily influenced by like a Greek mythology. Oh, uh, yes, Greek, uh, Asian mythology is big in here. Um, yeah, it's kind of an just an ancient pantheon mythology. Yes, yes. Thing. um, now what I will say is that I think that this is uh, a very good book, uh, for something that doesn't get a lot of focus, in my opinion, and that actually is. Uh, deities in fifth edition yes um they have a, they've the, once upon a time you know there were entire handbooks devoted to gods and what they did and the people who followed them but that's not really a thing anymore in fifth edition uh no not really whereas this book is all about you know here's all of these gods they have a section in here about piety and how you can increase your piety with your God and you can get benefits. You can get actual things like you can get bonuses to attributes. You can get, uh, you can get advantage. yeah, you can get advantage on certain skills because of your God thanking you for being so fucking awesome and worshiping them. Uh, impiety. Yeah. That was just, uh, if you do something against their will, uh, they will punish you. And interestingly enough, they actually go into detail which is something that I will say 5th edition does not do very often, and that is go into detail. Um, they leave it open-ended for a reason. Ooh, but uh, Sharon, the river, river man. Sharon or Karen? Karen. Karen, I guess, is the term. But, yeah, I think it's Karen. Um, like, uh, let me see if it should have it in here. Yeah, so earning and losing piety. Uh, it gives you examples of what your God would say is, you know, good for you and you'll get piety or bad and you'll lose piety. Uh, so for what's this person? Athreos. It's all about. Athreos is their Karen in this book. Yeah. Yeah. All about, you know, end of life's, you know, death happens. This is what cool. Do you do? I'm, I'm a fan of this. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's doing the things that honestly, clerics, paladins, druids, really holy bards. Anyone that really follows a god at this point in 5th edition should have been doing all along, but it actually gives you 
uh, examples of what you should be doing, and it also gives you benefits for it. So yeah, so this uh, might be a great tool for people who were struggling to really flesh out that part of their pious character. Yes. Like, okay, 100%. what do I do for my deity? Because you could take these, you could look at, you know, this deity's actions you might take and kind of apply them to your own deity who's not in this book, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, but like if you see, when your piety hits 50 plus, which means you've made your God happy 50 plus times, you actually get uh, an inter or wisdom boost with this guy and it increases your maximum for that score as well. So it's super beneficial to be doing the things that your God wants. Yeah, that that's going to have to take some serious time though because that's a huge bonus. Yes, a exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it's not every time you attend a funeral, you get a boost in your piety. But, you know, maybe if you just killed your enemy and you take them back to their home to ensure that they have a proper burial, that would be a big step. And that might be something that earns you some piety. And this is also a case where it's about how earnest your character is. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, think of think of John Constantine. Right. 100%. Just just doing the shit because you're selfish and you want the plus two to your wisdom is not going to cut it right you're doing it for the deity and the reward just happens to come along yes so like if your deity kind of discovered oh he's just doing this to be selfish and that doesn't fall within the realm of that particular pantheon it's not going to work mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of deity stuff in this book that we yes about. very heavily deity focused um the other thing that i will say uh for all of you always pcs out there they have some fun character creation stuff but uh, some aside, of the races are repeats. Yes. Aside from the piety function, uh, there are races, some old, some new. Um, and again, the reason that they do this is so that anyone that's playing Adventurers League has access to more races than they might find normally. Human? Uh, why is human in there? This is just explaining a human in this world. Uh, so like a Greek human. You oh, know, okay. What, okay. what the differences might be. Centaur, same thing. Minotaur, same thing. Uh, the one thing I will say, and I sent you uh, an image of yes. this, the Triton. They finally updated the Triton's yeah. dark vision so that it can actually use it without being in the deep sea. That is hot, hot shit, if you ask so, me. Like, what? So, this, this is canon now. This applies to all Tritons, obviously, across the board, that yes. you have dark vision now. You have just good old-fashioned dark vision. Because the um, fact that you didn't have dark vision made no fucking sense <laughs> at all. Uh, the new races, though, are the Leonin, uh, lion people. Yeah, for those uh, unfamiliar with the term, they are they uh, are uh, uh, the white color in Magic: The Gathering, typically. Yes, yes, white or green, I think, is the two big ones for them. It gives you an example. It gives you a, those who are Magic: The Gathering players gives you a good starting point. So they get uh, boosts in this game to your con and strength. That's big. Um, they get uh, dark vision. They have claws for striking, uh, and they get a roar feature, which I think is kind of fun to frighten somebody. It's uh, Roar from the Pokemon games. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, your, your Houndoom can roar. Exactly. Um, good good so Generation 2 reference. They also get uh, their own language, which could be very helpful if you're trying to be secretive in any way. Ooh. So, uh, side note, before we continue, I saw a, what I would consider to be an unpopular opinion on the internet Ooh. recently. Okay, go ahead. But I, I like it. And that is, do away with Dark Vision. Across the board, nobody has dark vision anymore. Well, that person go fuck themselves. All dark vision does is eliminate spook factor, eliminate the DM's ability to use gloom and doom and darkness as as like part of an environment, and it really incentivizes characters to 
be races that have dark vision. Otherwise, you're the derp who has to carry the torch and can't see what I can see. Then we all have to like metagame pretend that I can't see what you see. Fuck that person. You don't like it? You don't think that's no, valid? I, I despise that. Because okay. there what are ra- there are races that can see in the dark and the races that can't. I mean, there's, well, there's animals in the world that can see. I mean, that's just a natural thing. Dark vision is just a natural thing. Yeah, but as from a, as a game mechanic. Now, now wait. I personally miss the old days where there was low light low vision. Light vision. I, now, see, that always made more sense to me than everyone just gets dark vision. I agree with that. I won't argue that point. Um, I, sh- I think they should bring back low light vision because, you know, that makes sense. Maybe your eyes are very keen and you can see by moonlight, you know, whereas a normal human probably can't. But even characters are... who don't have dark vision end up finding equipment or doing things to get dark vision anyways. Yeah. Like, why don't we just either have everybody have dark vision or nobody have dark vision? Because that's not how it works. It's it's not. Yeah, well, then what game, are you getting instead? I mean, clearly every race that game, has dark Kevin, vision. It doesn't have to be based in reality. We understand no, that cats can see in the dark better than you. No, it's fine. But every race that has dark vision probably didn't get something else. So what are you giving them instead of dark vision? Well, here's my question. Is dark vision really that much of a benefit? 100%. 120%. I don't have to. I don't have to have a handful with a torch. I don't have to have somebody that can cast light. I don't have somebody that can cast dancing lights or daylight or any of that other bullshit because I can just see in the dark. It's so beneficial for rangers, rogues, anyone that's trying to be sneaky and not draw attention to themselves. So you're saying it's only beneficial for stealthy characters because everybody well, always has those things you already mentioned. It's it's beneficial to anyone. I like like dark. I, I don't understand the point of this argument. It's not. It's. It is a rhetorical one in terms of a, a technical inclusion of the rules and how you all go about, especially metagaming the, oh, I'm blind in the dark versus, oh, I can see in the dark. Mm-hmm. When, when we're all looking at the same map and the tokens are there. Yeah. All right. You're not really joining me on this adventure. That's I'm, fine. I'm, we'll I'm, not, I'm not with you on this one. We'll save uh, it for later. I, I'm not going to argue with an entire function of the game because somebody online said right. to do away with it. Seder. Seder is uh, 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 an interesting one, in my opinion. Uh, very natural bards they are. Uh, they ha- get a musical instrument uh, efficiency. They get uh, charisma boost, dex boost. Uh, they can use their head to ram things. But probably the greatest thing of all, they have magic resistance. That's insane. They have advantage on saving throws against spell and other magical effects. Insane. Um, and they can the jump ar- really far. Yes, they can jump very far because they have, you know, those goat legs. Uh, the other thing of note that I find very interesting is they are not humanoids. They are considered fae. So it is the only PC race that is a fae. I mean, that checks out that they should be fae, right? 100%. Yeah. Uh, I think they're. I think that this satyr, what they've done is true to form for what satyrs have been depicted as yeah. historically. 100%. Right? Plays a panpipe jumps around kind of aggressive sometimes revels parties right yep. i think that i think that checks out this is what a satyr should be i'm not really i'm not concerned about anything in here nope like, i don't nothing, think anything nothing seems overpowered nope. uh you're i don't know if fey just being a fey provide them you the benefit the only thing that it helps with is that early levels you wouldn't be affected by some like hold person D- don't fey have advantage against like charm magic or something uh i don't think that's an all faith thing i think yeah, that's, that's my question is that is there a, do they expand on a racial benefit from being a fae no 
because I think they would get they would detail that in this if it was some other benefit. I think the only difference is your creature type, not necessarily that all uh, fake. Yeah. This thing. So we're looking at this, and what you've given me in this book is two new races. Two new races and two new subclasses, uh, both of which I actually found quite interesting. I think is this did... an underwhelming amount of options? Um, for a book no. that will retail for fifty dollars, I I would say no because of the depth that they went into with the deities. Um, okay. And I think once you read it, you'll see that um, this book wasn't as focused on getting new PC options out there. It was more for world building and adventure building. Um, so I think the the piety feature is great for PCs. I think that really can help, especially with people that are hesitant to be role players. Um, but uh, but I will say that the the Bard College that they've given us is, in my opinion, one of the better ones. Um, the first feature they get, read that silver tongue feature. Master saying the right thing at the right time. When you make a charisma or persuasion or charisma deception check, you can treat a d20 roll of nine or lower as a 10. Third level? Yep. What the? Florida? Third so level. You're proficient in those things, and you have a charisma of three. Yeah. You're automatically rolling 15 or better. 15, yeah. uh, level three, yeah. 15 or better. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, you you are almost unchallengeable in your persuasion and deception. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, the other one is their version of uh, cutting words. You know, every every bardic class gets their own way of using bardic inspiration differently. This one uh, removes uh, uh, from the saving throw that a target would make. Um, cutting so words you, and saving throw. You, yeah, so essentially you can do it ahead of time. So you'd have to bonus action, cut it, and then cast a spell to affect them. Um, but... next turn. But oh, so you, you would do that before you cast a spell. Yeah, yeah. you would bonus action, cut it, and then bam, cast yeah. a spell so they fail. Cast uh, a, um, what do you call it? Vicious Mockery. Yeah, Vicious Mockery. I'd probably use a bigger spell uh, than waste a uh, Bardic Inspiration on a Vicious Mockery. But no, yeah, Bards you, only do one thing. It's Vicious Mockery. Um, well, not this one. Uh, at level six, when a creature adds one of your Bardic Inspiration dice to its ability check, attack roll, saving throw, oh, and that roll fails, gosh. they don't lose the Inspiration die. That's insane. Right? That is so good. That's so that good, so right? so good. That's wait, so fucking good. Wait a minute. Hold they up. They keep the die Hold until up. they succeed. Wait it's a like, minute. It's like the claw machine where you can't fail until you get something. Well, that's just participation trophies for millennials um hold on hold on hold on i have i have to go and read bardic inspiration text to make right sure now. it doesn't say that to like i i <laughs> i am blown away hold on bardic inspiration. While, you're, while you're looking that up they have a couple other cool features and i got uh, it i'm here I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. good you can inspire others through stirring words to do so bonus action choose one creature other than yourself within 60 feet that creature gains a bardic inspiration die once within the next 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. So they get to keep that until they succeed for 10 minutes. Yep. So if you know you're going to ambush somebody. Yep. Fucking just bang out a bunch of inspirations right beforehand. Or, or if you know that you're about to go fight a mind flayer, everyone gets a die to help exactly. with their inspiration. 10 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. This is really good. Yes. Uh, universal, universal speech. Uh for an hour, you can communicate with anybody, regardless of speech. So you get a number of creatures equal to your charisma modifier, and 
they can magically understand you for an hour, which I think is pretty cool. It uh, makes it so that there's not this barrier to communicate and that comes up sometimes. Any creature, not even creatures that have language. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's why it's like a step better than a monk who communicates with any language at yeah, level 11. Like, it could be a toad and it can yeah. understand you. It could be yep. a skeleton and it mm -hmm. understands you. Yeah. Whoa. Um, I don't know how practical that is, but whoa. And then it's uh, big ability infectious inspiration i'll let you read that for a I quick like where this second. is going when you successfully inspire someone the power of your eloquence can now spread to someone else shit when a creature within 60 feet of you adds one of your bardic inspiration dice to its ability check attack roll saving throw and the roll succeeds you can use a reaction to encourage another creature other than yourself that can hear you giving it a bardic inspiration die without expending bardic inspiration whoa so That's very crazy. literally at that level, you probably have a plus five to your charisma. This is you can use this number a number of times equal to your charisma modifier. So as people succeed using that bardic inspiration die, you can just react and keep passing it down the line. That's so crazy. literally one inspiration die could last you five rolls. And that's only they succeed. Get? You get one per your charisma mod. One per charisma mod. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait a, so, no, wait a minute. What? You you can bardic inspire. A number of times equal to charisma modifier, and you can use that ability a number of times equal yep. to your charisma modifier. Yep. So essentially, it doubles the amount of inspiration you have. Whoa! So this is an inspiration-heavy bar. Yes. Yes. It wants you to do well and succeed and be happy. It wants everybody else to succeed. Like you, you are just a guy who thrives on other people's success. Yes. Wow. Um, this is, that's wild. Um. Well, before we go into something else, I do want to take a quick short break. Uh, we were going to do a different topic in the second half, but I think there's enough here in Theros for us to just keep going for 20 minutes. Uh, I actually, beyond, beyond this, I haven't read much more. So if we can just oh. knock this out, okay. then we can finish And we'll just and finish our back. Theros wrap up. And uh, there's plenty more we haven't talked about. And then we'll do a break. Okay. So yeah, what's the yeah. last thing you want to talk about? Uh, the, the Oath of Glory is a new paladin. Uh, Why is it Oath of Glory? It's because they're not all about that death life. Um, they, they actually get some great spells. Uh, at what are the tenants of glory? You, you're not telling me what well, this paladin is. No, no one cares about it. Um, well, what is it? Over Heroic. Words. Heroics that yes. might one day shine in legend. That's what I wanted. Yes, there it is. Uh, glory. Actually, it's really funny. Word. I was on a walk with my wife recently, and I used the word glory, and she asked me to define it, and that's pretty much how I defined it. So, like, I'm very excited that they are on the same page here. Right yeah. Um, they, they're they're all know. about physical training and discipline. Uh, you know, in my opinion, this is really what a paladin used to be. Yeah, glory. Glory for your god. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, so what do we get? They get some great oath spells. Uh, okay. Everyone gets cool oath spells. But uh, in my opinion, they at level 9, they get to be the ability to cast haste on themselves. Mm -hmm. Which is in-fucking-credible for a paladin. Well, I guess haste in general. Yeah, but if but just imagine that you don't have an arcane cast in your party, but you're a paladin. You can still get haste eventually, which is pretty fucking cool. That's the only spell you're going to cast because it allows you to smite more. Yes. Well, that and you do have flame strike on here at level 17. which is Yeah, but cool. nobody gets that high uh, yeah. because that would be that would be pretty exciting. But I got to tell you, at level 17, what's better? Smiting almighty smiter two times for like max dice Three times. or flame striking? Three times, baby. Oh, yeah, extra attack. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's good spells, guiding bowl heroes. Yeah, okay. I think every paladin has one shitty channel divinity and one good one. Uh, the shitty one for the 
uh, Glory Paladins is the peerless athlete. Uh, they get advantage on athletics and acrobatics for 10 minutes, and they can carry more and jump more. Exciting. Thrilling. Beautiful. Yes. Especially considering you get one channel divinity right now, right? Per day? Yeah, one. Yes, I think that might get until, to Until like way, way late? Yeah. That's garbage. Yes. <laughs> Um, but Inspiring Smite is pretty cool. Essentially, when you use this, uh, when you deal damage using your Divine Smite feature, you can channel your Divinity as a bonus action and get uh, temporary hit points that you can distribute to creatures of your choice within 30 feet. And that number Divided is... how you like. Yeah, 2d8 plus your level in this class. So could be up to 36 temporary hit points that you get to pass out That's at the top nice level. That's a little shield to just pass out to people. Especially if it's just like you and one other guy on the front line and you pass it all to them. Yeah, that's awesome. actually that's a pretty good ability. Um, the aura of alacrity allows you to move faster. You get extra ten feet to your walking speed, and creatures in your aura get an extra ten feet to their walking speed. That's because, as you know, the Greeks ran and walked very far. Yes, <laughs> yes. I just... believe Marathon was a place. Yeah, the the Battle of Marathon was absolutely a thing. Yes, they 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 were known for their their walking distances. Now. This glorious defense they get at level 15, in my opinion, so fucking good. What is this? You can turn defense into a sudden strike. When you or another creature that you can see within 10 feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use reaction to grant a bonus to the target's AC against that attack, potentially causing it to miss. So even after you found out that it hit, you can turn that hit into a miss. The bonus is equal to your charisma modifier, and if the attack misses, you yourself get to make one weapon attack against the attacker as part of the reaction, provided the attacker's within your weapon's the range. The range of this ability is 10 feet, but your attack's probably 5 feet. Yeah, so if you're side-by-side -side with somebody, great. But it also can affect you, so if somebody's attacking you, they hit you with your probably 23 AC at this point, you can say, I just added 4 to that, it's now 27. It's like, yeah, well, this is kind of a me. cool parry ability. Exactly. Exactly. Then you get to attack. It's like a it's like a faint attack kind of thing. Well, it's like almost like a different hellish rebuke kind of. Kind of, yeah. You you attacked me, but you fucking missed. So now, ha <laughs> ha. Yep. Um. Finally, their big ability, in my opinion, is a bit lackluster. I found, and in my recent investigation of paladins, because I made a subclass, they yeah. often are. Yeah. So at level twenty, for one minute, for one minute. Uh, you are blessed with an otherworldly presence, gaining advantage on all charisma checks. Who gives a shit? Uh, once on each of your turns when you make a weapon attack and miss, you can cause that attack to hit. Now, that's very good. Um, no and then finally, no if you fail saving throw, you can use reaction to reroll it, which is good, unless you're, you know, you have a minus one to your decks. Rerolling, it's not going to help very much. It's still, you know, it, if it's garbage, it's better, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, at level and 20... And you can expend a 5th level spell slot to do this again. Yeah, but which, it's only for one minute. That's the problem. Like, you're fight. only using this in a fight. Exactly. So the first ability but is the whole stupid. fight. Yeah. That's true, unless you are doing some sort of intimidation, you know, as part of the fight. I don't know. Maybe. But again, at know. level 20, it feels very lackluster. And in Paladin, these these one minute features of Paladins, which typically is a one minute transformation, they really are like across the board are like, oh, that could be cool in this circumstances, but they're really underwhelming, which blows. Uh, yeah. But this isn't this these abilities aren't why you picked the Paladin in the first place. Let's be hundred percent. Um, you're there for smiting and holy awesomeness. Smiting and high AC generally. 
Yes. All right. I sorry that first section was a little long with the extra stuff. Uh, we do have a special listener request for the second half of the show. Um, so we will be back in a minute. All right, we're back. Hey, all right. So you got a a direct message direct request from a uh, an old friend of mine who recently started playing and has picked up the game. Her and her fiance are loving it. So big shout out to Angel out there. Oh, shit. Yep. Uh, You know, uh, she uh, is uh, a dwarven cleric, I believe, presently. Classic. Um, Already, you know, I only met her a couple times, but I got to tell you, dwarves, special place in my heart. Agreed. 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 I was surprised she wasn't an ASMR, but, you know, yeah, it just worked (laughs) out perfectly. Um, But nonetheless, uh, she has asked us to talk about Furbolgs or Fearbolgs, as some call them. Fearbolg! Because she is looking to play one. Well, Furbolgs, you know, I've never played a Furbolg because I'm the DM and I've never used anybody in the game. I've never used any in the game. And you've been one once once in a one shot, good old Osmataz Buckshank. (laughs) It was a it was a great one shot character. Uh, essentially, uh, 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 Eeyore. He was very much Eeyore. That was his persona. I don't even remember that. What? what which one was that? Which that, was that? That was for on the island with the demon that got summoned. Oh, and my the wife Mariah played. Was, she was uh, uh, an elephant that stole things and headbutted no. old ladies. No, no, no. She was a minotaur in that one. Minotaur, yeah, minotaur. Elephant was the one where we were halflings, and she was the elephant. Yes, she was the <laughs> elephant in the room. Very good. Um, so yes, right, so, we don't have a tremendous amount of personal experience, but I think I've seen enough Furbolg, Fearbolg play in my life. Uh, well, I it's DM a pretty straightforward Fearbolg. creation. Yeah. And I'm going to re- reiterate a point I've made in the past, which is that Fearbolgs are a direct lift of the ogre in Wheel of Time. You have like, said that before? Perfect, 100% carbon copy of the ogre with the exception that the ogre do more interaction with civilization. Uh, but like the same kind of soft spoken qualities, balance of nature, like they do everything like, is this good for the world? They really try to make themselves, you know, scarce. Um, but they're pretty straightforward. Like if you imagine a hermit who lives in the woods and wants the woods to be happy, that's a fear. I, I think you hit it right there. Uh, they are caretakers of the land. That is their call to action every time. They are big on protecting the natural order of things. To the point of it, it trumps all other things. It literally says in the description that Fairbolgs would rather go hungry during a famine than strain the land to gain food. They so don't like, try to dominate nature, but rather seek to ensure that it prospers and survives according to its own laws. Which is fascinating to me because that that what that means is that there aren't large fearbold communities no right? large communities are dependent on uh, animal husbandry and farming which these people aren't doing or these creatures rather they're not doing so any fearbold community would be small i like to think of it as like a sloth of bears there's maybe like six to eight in a large family of bears yeah it's got to be a small tribe i think they're tribes it says tribes no, it says clans clans Clan. they are in yeah. clans yeah so but they live a long time so it could be multi-generational the clan mm-hmm could be many multi-generational because they reach adulthood at 30. 
Um, but it wouldn't be many in number. No. So I would say they're probably scattered all over the place and they interact with each other as necessary. I think what's interesting is that they, uh, in their clan, they have their own names, but whenever they interact with other people, they actually adopt elven names. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the elven name thing, and it didn't say they don't even have like names in their own clan. Again, I think as you said, there's so few that you can just look at somebody and say, "That's you know that." That's guy. the nice fearbolg. Yeah, yeah, they don't even have names. It's like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. There's Grumpy and there's Happy and there's Oh, Dopey that's and... perfect. That's probably yeah. exactly what it would be because it yeah. says like they 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 identify them based on their actions, right? So, oh yeah, yeah for sure. My next fearbolg is going to be named Sleepy, 100 percent of the time, every time. There, there it is. There you go. But yeah, they definitely mm, share a nature bond with elves for sure. Yes. 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 And they, they very much, they, they like to avoid large societies. They like to avoid a city would be like, it would almost feel claustrophobic because of how weird it would be to be in a large city. Right. They actually go out of their way to not appear to people when people come into the woods. Yes, like, they have they racial were... magic to intentionally avoid such things. Right. The, the, um, the, the, what you call disguise self? Yeah. Disguise self. They can appear bigger, smaller, up to three feet. Normally it's, it's only a foot, I think, at like most. One foot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, that's, so these guys, that is a lot. Yeah. They go from being a seven foot behemoth to like a four foot dwarf. Yeah. A normal sized dwarf. But they're still, okay, mind you, they're eight feet tall, still only medium. <laughs> Where's the fucking cutoff for large in this uh, goddamn uh, game? Nine and a half. Nine and a half it, feet. There you is go. it nine and a half? No, Are you making that probably, up? Okay. That's probably ten. If you have to imagine a large creature is a ten by ten creature, so, so you're I saying think ten, ten foot in any direction would get you a large creature. I miss large tall and large long. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just like, you know, they didn't take as much space. But um, yeah, they're they're tall, they have powerful builds like any other big tall fucking thing. But honestly, I think the number one great ability of the Fearbolg. Hidden step. So good. Bonus action invisibility for only a turn. But, but, uh, in my opinion, anytime you can use that as a bonus action and just get away real fast, it's a great thing. It's short, it's short rest to get back, right? Yeah. And it's, it's bonus action. That's fucking huge. Bonus action invisibility. So Run like, away. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, a appropriately played fear bulk will cast hidden step, run the fuck away. Yep. But your 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 unusual adventurer fear bulk might be a rogue because those are not unheard of. And be like, LOL, bonus action invisible, stab you. <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot because fear bulks get plus two to their wisdom, plus no, plus one to wisdom, plus what two to it? wisdom, one to strength, plus two wisdom, one to strength. So very rarely do they come out swinging as rogues, but anything's possible. It's definitely uh, in a a mobile ability though, like invisible, go somewhere else. You know. Yeah. You're not uh, you're not doing it and just standing there, obviously, because it doesn't last that long. But given uh, the Furbolg's nature and their history, and especially the speech of beasts and leaf, which allows them to communicate in a limited manner with beasts and plants, they are very natural druids. Yes, there's a whole section on here and how they these are basically druids. They should be you should be a druid or um, or a nature domain cleric. Yes, which is uh you know it's boring, disappointing. So I don't think anybody should ever play a Furbolg druid because that's exactly what we'd expect. Uh, so that I would be really, really boring. I dissent. I think that if you're going to do it, take it to that next level. You know, no, so there's a it, be it be a special one. There's a little section on 107 in Volo's guide. Furbolg classes is the bottom. Yeah, yeah. If, you've, if you've read it, and yeah. it goes like, oh yeah, these are like the classes that Furbolgs tend to be and how they might play them. 
And uh, for sure, Fearbulk Barbarian, it's right there. Rare, except clans that face constant threat from evil humanoids and other invaders. Fearbulk Barbarian. Fearbulk Barbarian. Imagine, you know, calm giant all yep. the time, just walking around. But when he rages, boy, does he fucking rage. Yep. He's just, he, he grabs your skulls and smashes them together and, you know, paints the earth in your blood to grow things. Like, that's a man. That, that would be a good time. Um, but definitely, there are going to be things that, are like I could see a uh Firbolg Ranger. I mean, yeah, uh, Ranger, Rogue, Fighter, Druid. I don't think I couldn't see a rogue per se. I think you kind of maybe um they can literally turn invisible. But, but uh I definitely don't see them being uh like and a fighter or a paladin. Um that I don't see them they're kind of like druids just naturally in that I couldn't see them wearing a lot of steel, period. Well, the first line of the Firbolg class thing is most Firbolgs are druids. Rangers or fighters, yeah, because so they, they would be, basic. yeah, it's a basic, naturally looking fighter, probably a ranged fighter, right? No, they'd probably uh, be melee. You think strength so? Boost. Strength boost. They don't oh, have, yeah, they have a strength boost. Maybe thrown weapons. Ah, ooh, yeah, they throw sharp sticks. Yes, exactly, because they because they like to create an unwelcome sense in their environment, so they wouldn't encounter you directly. They'd stay away and throw a rock at your face. <laughs> um, I, think they, I think they are a cool um creature overall and they, they make a good pc or npc really um but I, I i don't i don't know if anybody's having a, a fun long adventure as if you're bulk i think that they make the perfect calm cool head in a party yeah i feel if like someone can manage dream it. I feel like, exactly. So you'd be that that you'd be the peacekeeper of the party, which is a tough ask, but I think it's very helpful, especially if you have hotheads named Till, because or well, they didn't know my name. I could that could have been anybody. Time out. Could have been a boat. Could have been a boat. Uh, they um, uh, yeah, but I feel like we've talked about this a lot, right? Leaning into stereotypes or, or leaning out of stereotypes, and a fear ball is one of those ones where you could go either way because the reason you're on an adventure, right? is you were like exiled for something or your clan died, right? This sort of edgy, dark uh, yeah. origin story. Or you were, you're like sent out on some missions because your clan needs you to do something. And those are the fear blog that I feel like uh, if, you're, if you're really doing it right, could be perfect. Because it says in here, right? You have a mission. You really, really want to finish the mission just to go back home because you don't want to be here in this so if you're a player who like wants to play a fear bulk and you get into it like it's kind of boring playing a fear bulk or maybe i'm not into it perfect finish your quest go fucking home re-roll a new character so they, yes. they they give you an out in this description which is nice but ultimately i think it's very important if you're playing a fear bulk to have purpose you can't yes. just go in there saying, I'm going to be a hero and see how the world evolves around me because that's not what a furball does. Not they have, if they're not with their clan, there's a very specific reason they aren't and there's a goal they are trying to achieve. Right. I think the, the most aimless furball would be one whose home was destroyed and like they're just kind of, they're, they're wandering for a bit, but they would still inevitably come back to, all right, I'm just going to build a new home and be and find new furballs or elves or exactly. whatever to hang out with. That's my goal. I'm trying to find a new clan. Right, exactly. And once I find it, I'm done. I have I've made my peace. So in the wheel of time, uh the ogres the they, what? Live in, they live in steadings, which are like anti magic zones in forests. It's actually really interesting. Like you can't cast magic in there. Um and when they leave the steading, like to go on adventure or whatever for whatever reason, they actually can become physically ill if they're away long enough. 
mm. from like their home. So That'd I be interesting. Like, yeah, right. Like you, you start just like maybe not physically ill, but you start suffering from like depression or anxiety or whatever because you've been out of the woods for so long. Yeah. Because there'd be an interesting thing to role play and to work out with your DM. Yeah, I think it's a good. Um, I think it's a really great close close enough to humanoid race. Like it's not a monster, um, but it's very rare. So. I think, I think Angel it, will have a great time. Yes, I think it provides a lot of interesting role play that you don't get with other races. And they're goofy looking, side note. <laughs> just like minotaurs are like giant bulls, I feel like uh, furbolgs are just giant cows. Yeah, they're... I mean, you look at his face. It's kind of cowish. Yeah. It's kind of cowish. Does it yeah. even mention in here? Like, I know that everybody likes to look at... Talison's Fearwolf and they're blue. I don't think they're mentioned as blue. Talison is pink. Is he pink? Oh, he's got pink, pink yeah, hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like purple or some shit. I don't think their their color is mentioned in here. Uh, I don't recall seeing anything, but I did not read for that. Yeah. I'm sure that they just are natural colors. Yeah, I'm sure they're just they they colors that would blend into the environment, not yes. say pink. Well, you know, you can dye your hair. Maybe. Yeah, but why would you do that? It makes no sense, Till. <laughs> because you are unique and special. Fucking unique, beautiful Fearbog. This is what happens when we don't record for a week and we forget what we're supposed to do when we're, we're not supposed, supposed to. We're supposed to call each other different... Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, I think that was a decent show. Hi. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everybody, by the way, for tolerating us taking a week off. I was just really not feeling it um, last week. That's it. Period. It was like a... It's been, it's been depressing lately. Um, and we normally we take you know a hiatus you know once in a while we'll probably yeah, come we'll, up with something like that yeah we'll do a, a couple more episodes and then probably take summer off because i don't want to be in here recording i want to be out in the world but it's yeah. a weird unique special summer this year so maybe i'm stuck in here yes um I mean, also we I need do, to come up with more things to talk about i do have some sunburn though from being outside all right we didn't learn or solve anything which is appropriate as normal make sure to describe and rate this sh- sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it uh spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher i think yep. um follow us on twitter at rwd podcast and feel free to send us topics you want to hear about at rwd podcast at gmail.com um final thoughts sir just love each other yeah you know what i agree with that we're all in this crazy fucked up world together just fucking love each other or become an astronaut and just go that is also an option All right, as always, we will see you next time. Till then.